nights. Welcome to Overnight Opinions, the weekly show brought to you by the Ladies Love Politics channel. Here you'll learn about everything that the mainstream media didn't tell you about last week. You'll get a blend of current events and spicy criticism directed towards our elected leaders. It's late, you're awake, so let's get started. Welcome back to Overnight Opinions. We're going to continue answering last week's question, is the root cause of school massacres hiding in plain sight? We looked at the history of school shootings, how different people tally what counts as one, and methods of gun control that even if implemented still wouldn't stop a school shooter. So since none of these options will really work, we need to get a little bit deeper and a little bit more specific. So really, why is it that young men walk into schools to shoot up children? Consider this. In 1987, the American School Health Association found that 3% of boys carried a handgun to school at least once in the past year. And it doesn't look like things have gotten any better. Now, nearly 4% of boys have carried a weapon on school property in the last month. Why is it that children feel the need to carry a weapon to school? Could it have something to do with school itself? And is there a difference between the safety of public and private schools? Let's take a look. The Cato Institute notes that public schools make up 94% of school shootings, whereas private schools only make up 6%. They highlight that, quote, private schools are disproportionately less likely to experience a school shooting than children in public schools. Now, granted, this doesn't account for the fact that there are likely different types of students with different backgrounds going to private schools versus public schools. But it still tells us that public schools are more likely to get shot up. And we should be curious and ask why it is that public schools receive the brunt of school shootings. Even Harvard University seems to agree. A 2018 study by Denise Shaquille surveyed principals across the country and found that safety concerns and safety issues are less likely to happen at a private school when compared to a government school. The study evaluated 13 discipline problems, and across the board, private schools had a statistically significant advantage. Even when controlling for things like school size, school type, enrollment, student-teacher ratio, percent of minority teachers and students, urbanicity, etc. In fact, private school students were 28 percentage points less likely to have possession of a weapon while at school. But it gets even better. Private schools are less likely to use invasive screening tactics. Private schools are 6 percentage points less likely to require students to go through a metal detector. 20 percentage points less likely to search for drugs or do random dog sniffing, and 7 percentage points less likely to make students use clear backpacks. In fact, four other studies have been able to link private schools to a better feeling of safety for parents and students. Even the government admits that private schools make students feel safer. According to a federal evaluation of the D.C. Opportunity Scholarship Program, students were 35% more likely to report that their schools were very safe compared to that of public schools. The survey asked parents to look at a list of 21 options and select the top five reasons they chose their child's particular school. The top five reasons that were chosen included better student discipline, better learning environment, smaller class sizes, improved student safety, and more individual attention for their child. Basically, they are foregoing the cold, callous, prison-like structure of public schools in favor of private schools. 
These parents also don't value standardized testing that much, as only around 10% said it was one of their top five reasons for sending their child to that school. Because we all know that standardized testing and their scores don't make for a very good indicator of a promising young adult. And if parents really know the best way to raise their children, then they are telling us that public schools are not the best option. And the parents from this study were pretty happy about their selection, as more than 98% of them answered that they were satisfied or very satisfied with their chosen school relative to their experience at a public school. Think it doesn't matter? Well, our elected leaders seem to have benefited from it. Did you know that a U.S. senator is more than twice as likely to have grown up attending a private school than someone in the general population? They also tend to not send their own children to public school, as 44% of U.S. senators and 38% of U.S. representatives have at one point enrolled a child in private school. Go ask your last four presidents. Yep, their children went to private schools. In fact, Clinton and Obama's children both went to the same $40,000 a year Quaker school. So why your children go to a gun-free zone public school, their kids get to go to an expensive elite private school with armed secret service detail. So what is it about public schools that makes students go bat shit crazy? Senior contributor at The Federalist and former substitute teacher Stella Morbido has compiled a list of some of the glaring distinctions between private schools and public schools. Among her list of 13 items are things like the size of public schools, which can be alienating, that their abnormal settings feel like prisons, that they can be breeding grounds for hierarchical cliques, that they're breeding grounds for aggression as well. They tend to reinforce social pecking orders. The list goes on and on. If you went to public school, you can probably relate to a lot of the items on that list. And I bet they're also the same reasons that presidents and politicians continue to send their children to private schools. And we all know the hallmarks of a school shooter, the loners, the weird ones. Why were they just ignored and shoved off? They were likely labeled and written off in the school system years ago. And instead of someone getting involved and straightening out their life, they were left to chance. Ever wonder how many of these disturbed young men were once sweet little boys that got lost in the public school system, beat down over years, and then obviously, because something was off in their head, took out their anger at the source of what caused them so much pain? Maybe we shouldn't wait until someone is a teenager or a young adult. Maybe we should pretend to care about them as a little first grader. Maybe we should try to prevent some of these shootings. Because just ignoring them doesn't make the problem go away. Especially when they have to spend the next 12 years in a prison-like system of public school filled with cruelty and dangerous environments. Take, for example, Parkland shooter Nicholas Cruz. A neighbor said that when he didn't want to go to school, he would bang his head against a cement wall. Kids that go to a private school are more likely to have an intact and more involved family, of course. But nevertheless, the school system still works out better for them. So what can we expect from a child who grows up in a broken school system and also a broken family? Just take a listen to these jarring statistics. There has been a fourfold increase in unmarried parents in the United States since the late 60s. Today, one in four parents living with a child is unmarried. More and more people are shacking up, too. These days, 35% of all unmarried parents are living with a partner. 
Overall, more than one in five children come from a single mother household. In fact, the U.S. has the world's highest rate of children living in a single parent house. We have more than three times the number of single parent children here in our country than anywhere else around the globe. How's that for American exceptionalism? So when gun control advocates say that school shootings happen more in the U.S. because our gun laws are more lax than anywhere else, just remind them, we also produce way more broken men from broken families than other countries. And we see this data showing up in our school shooters. Dr. Peter Langman analyzed 56 school shootings since the late 60s and found that 82% of the sample either grew up in dysfunctional families or without their parents together for at least part of their lives. We live in a failed country. Our school systems are atrocious. Our families are deteriorating. All this time we go, who cares? We push off fixing the education system. We act like single mothers are the thing to be. Meanwhile, our children are messed up. They spend 12 years in public school and 18 years without a father or in a broken home, and we think that isn't going to affect them? Well, it does. We may think it's cute to sit back and ignore it for all the decades that we have, but we've been building a Death Star, and now all of a sudden we're shocked when Darth Vader, in the form of a school shooter, comes to rule? I'm not shocked, and you shouldn't be either. With the rise of ruining men and declaring toxic masculinity, trashing a man for merely being a man, we're ruining our culture and society. There are two types of families in this country. There's the ones, like on the day of the Uvalde shooting, where the wife called her husband that the gunman was inside their school where their children were at. He got up mid-haircut, grabbed a gun, ran in, and murdered the man and saved the day. Then there's the type of families, like Salvador Ramos, he didn't have a father to call growing up. I wonder how he might have turned out if he had someone to raise and discipline him other than another broken home. Now, I'm not saying that all children from single mothers are going to grow up to be school shooters, but we can't be shocked by the fact that as we increase and see the exponential growth of single mothers in this country and the deteriorating effects that that has on children, that we aren't going to see more psychos like this guy emerge. Maybe he would have been normalized or fixed a little bit if he'd had a normal intact family, maybe he would have never developed into a crazy person that murdered children. But then again, I guess we'll never know because it sure doesn't look like the rates of unmarried mothers are going to slow down anytime soon. Seven days, six nights. Around 11,000 people are marching towards the southern border, making it one of the largest migrant caravans ever. They've already passed the Mexico-Guatemala border. The caravan is expected to swell to 15,000 people. The migrants primarily come from three countries, Venezuela, Cuba, and Nicaragua. A global population crisis is coming. The global fertility rate is less than half what it was in the 60s. The U.S. birth rate also was cut by more than half, standing today at just 1.6. This means the U.S. has already entered the fertility trap, meaning once a country dips below a fertility rate of 2.1, it never comes back. A Texas state representative says he will be introducing legislation banning minors from attending drag shows. Representative Brian Slanton claims he is, quote, protecting kids from drag shows and other inappropriate displays. The bill will not be up for consideration until lawmakers return next year. 
Canadians are panic buying handguns, causing many stores to sell out completely. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau unveiled an aggressive gun control agenda, which would ban the buying, selling, transferring, and importing of handguns across the country. Currently, Canadians must get a restricted license to even buy a handgun and also need a special permit to transport them. In the decade leading up to the pandemic, gun ownership increased by more than 70 percent. The legislation will be up for consideration this fall. The CDC has raised its monkeypox alert to a level two. They also advised wearing a mask, but then strangely and quietly reverse coursed and removed the recommendation from their website by the next day. So far, monkeypox has been detected on every continent except Antarctica, and there are more than 30 cases in the U.S. New York City is getting worse by the day. Random subway attacks are nothing new. In fact, transit crimes have soared by more than 57 percent since last year. Yet the video of the latest one is jarring. At a subway station in the Bronx, a man grabs a woman from behind and throws her onto the tracks below. The 52-year-old woman was rescued by the NYPD and suffered a broken collarbone. From Hill to House. Senators Kristen Gillibrand and Cynthia Loomis have introduced legislation to regulate cryptocurrency. The bill will put digital assets under the regulatory authority of the Commodity Futures Trading Commission. The Biden administration is pushing a new ocean conservation effort. One of their goals is to eliminate single-use plastics from federal lands. They're also pushing for more sanctuaries as part of their broader goal of preserving 30 percent of U.S. land and water. They said what? The White House press secretary just showed how out of touch the Biden administration is with everyday Americans. Although we are paying record high prices of more than $5 a gallon for gas, she noted that we're not paying as much as Europe, so somehow we should be okay with that. Take a listen. You know, if you look at um, uh, what happened when Putin started amassing troops on the border with Russia, the price of gas has increased by a dollar and fifty-one cents. And uh, and I also want to add because this is really important, so that people understand and flag that similar issues are happening around the world. In the EU, gas is eight dollars and fifteen cents per gallon, and has increased by one dollar and seventy-four cents. In Germany, gas is eight dollars and eighty-eight cents per gallon, and has increased two dollars and sixteen cents. In Canada, gas is $6.23 per gallon and has increased $1.93. And all of this has happened since December of 2021. This is to your point, Phil, uh, which is this is a global challenge. Uh, this is something that everyone is feeling uh, across the globe. Pussies and Patriots. Representative Don Bayer is proposing a 1,000% tax on assault rifles. It would exempt the military and law enforcement at all levels. He claims this is a way to do an end run around Republican opposition to gun control measures. Currently, the cheapest AR-15 you could buy is about $500. This tax would spike that to more than $5,000. This bill will need 10 votes from Republicans in the Senate to pass the filibuster. Excuse me for interrupting. Do you realize this is a party line? Put on your waders. We're about to dive deep into the swamp, the creatures that live in it, and their salacious shenanigans. 
for this week's Party Line. We're having Party Line trouble. Provocateur and first time to get a lifetime ban from Twitter, Milo Yiannopoulos is working as an unpaid intern for Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. This comes as a bit of a surprise as Milo has been out of the limelight for several years following controversial comments. Three women interrupted Joel Osteen's church service last Sunday to protest abortion rights. The trio jumped up and ripped off their dresses, wearing underwear with handprints and ink and what appeared to be fake blood smeared between their legs. They were escorted outside where they continued their protests in the parking lot. Joel Osteen barely even acknowledged the outburst. The article on DailyMail.com made a major error, however. They claimed that Joel Osteen charges $30 for tickets to his services, when in fact, tickets are not required and all his services are free. I submitted a correction to the Daily Mail. Hopefully many others submitted a complaint as well. Although no correction notice was made, it was removed from the article and the photo caption. Joe Biden is refusing to provide Secret Service protection for one of his grandchildren, three-year-old Navy Joan. She is the love child of Hunter Biden and a stripper that he met at a D.C. club. The mother filed a paternity suit against Hunter a few years ago, finally reaching a child support deal after DNA proved Hunter was the father. The mother has recently been subjected to violence from an ex-boyfriend. Although Joe Biden has apparently been made aware of the situation, the mother and child are left to fend for themselves. And now, numbers you need to know. According to estimates by Bloomberg Economics, U.S. households will spend an extra $5,200 more this year than they did last year for the exact same basket of items. That breaks down to $433 every single month. Let's put that into perspective. That means someone working at the federal minimum wage of $7.25 an hour would have to work nearly 60 hours more each month just to keep up. This week's keyboard patriot is Brenda Falmer. She posted on Representative Liz Cheney's Facebook page about the January 6th hearings. She said, quote, the taxpayers are paying $8 million for this dog and pony show just because they are scared shitless that Trump will beat the tar out of them in 2024. Liz Cheney is a joke. She needs to go hunting with her dad. In case you forget, in 2006, Vice President Dick Cheney went quail hunting and he had a hunting accident after firing his shotgun in which several pellets of bird shot hit the guy in the face that he was hunting with. Do you think you have a sassy or snarky comment you've posted on a government agency's social media page? Email the show and you might be the next winner. Remember, nothing violent, nothing threatening, just good old-fashioned trolling. Thanks for watching Overnight Opinions. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.